0: At LuckyLandSlots.com, available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18+ Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office.
1: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of com, with you for another episode of the Steelers preview. You see the three faces if you're watching live on YouTube or on Facebook Live. That's myself, Dave Schofield, and Brian Anthony Davis. Let me welcome these gentlemen in. Brian, what's going on?
2: Hey, gentlemen, it's always great to hang out with you guys. I've had a rough week. I've been one fry shy of a happy meal all week long, but being with you two
1: fellas, man, I'm feeling happy. <laughs> Dave, welcome to the show.
3: it's good to be here i'm um debuting hat number two of three um of the new lids so i got the salute to service going on here tonight and uh
1: move in zoom in i mean that's the that's the tomlin hat tomlin Ah, nice yes yeah so, all right, Steelers talk time. The Steelers did make, a, a, I guess, a move, if you want to call it that. They made the Gennard uh, Avery one-year contract official. We knew that news already. But then they also announced that they signed Carl Joseph to a one-year contract. I always call this an insurance policy, but does anyone see anything different? Brian, how do you view Carl Joseph returning to the Steelers?
2: I love it because this is not the move that the Steelers are going to make at safety. So don't think that they're done. Don't okay. think that this is Kevin Colbert's one safety away from being complete. But this is uh, this makes, with a guy like Miles Killebrew there, a guy like Trey Norwood, you throw in a full-time Joseph, and Joseph was not full-time because they got him very late in the game. And you know my policy on that. There's a lot of guys that need that full training camp with the Steelers in the system, and we expect a lot of magic with a lot of versatility from what's going to be going on with Brian Flores and Terrell Austin. So I really like this this signing as the BD,
1: the bad piece of the puzzle. Dave what about you what do you think about Carl Joseph?
3: I mean he was a practice squad player last year that got called up a couple times. So to me this would this it's more of like a futures contract that you get in January, but it was wise for someone um, with with his draft pedigree and his years of service to see what else he could do. I expect both the Avery and the Joseph contracts to come in because they were one-year deals. The Steelers have been signing all two-year or three-year deals so far. I expect them to be the um, veteran salary benefit contract, which means they, they can pay them a little bit extra than the minimum, give them a little bit of a signing bonus, and they only count as on the salary cap as one of those salaries of a guy that's in their second season. If they, if they fit these requirements, they already have a couple of them. John Simon's one of them. Trey Edmonds is one of them. So in other words, they can actually pay them a little bit more and have them not count as much on the salary cap. If that's the case, they don't even crack the top 51. They count nothing. Um, They might not be those types of contracts. That's just what I'm expecting to see when they finally come out with the numbers.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, your latest uh, salary cap update had everyone's contract in there except for Avery and then obviously now Joseph, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, And And that was like 13.4 million remaining It was
3: 13.45 Shockingly I have the exact dollar amount On mine, I always round it um, But I have the exact same dollar amount As what over the cap does, believe it or not Um, So We don't always line up because of Various things, but the way I've been tracking it It just so happened to be that way But I don't expect either of those guys to actually Count a dollar towards the salary cap If they end up with the type of salaries I expect
1: So I did not know this, uh, but speaking of safeties, but we'll talk about this briefly. Uh, Tyron Matthew came out and said he spoke with Mike Tomlin. Take that for what it's worth. I was talking with Michael Beck as we were recording my Let's Ride podcast for Friday morning, and he said that Matthew wants to wait till after the draft until he signs. I don't know if that's factual or if that's just something that he heard. Can someone please try to explain to me why it would be advantageous for a free agent to wait till after the draft to finally decide? Dave, go ahead. Uh,
3: He doesn't want to go to a team that then turns around and drafts a safety that he's got to compete with. He wants to know completely his competition by the time he comes in. That's advantageous for him, not advantageous for the team. To me, if that's what he says and I'm I'm the Steelers, I say uh, good luck. We've got to take care of the position before the draft.
1: Okay, I th- there might be more to it than that, though, isn't it, than just his competition? I mean, do you think there's anything to maybe saying he wants to see what the complete roster looks like? He wants his best chance to win a championship. I don't know, Brian. <laughs> could be too. What do you think?
2: I think it's a little bit of both, but I kind of uh, – I'm kind of swinging to Dave's side on that just for the fact – and I know you don't have an opposing side. All I know is what Dave's saying kind of makes some sense to me because – it's almost like the situ- you don't want to get into a situation where you're dealing with what you had last year with number 8 coming in not being happy at line at the edge rusher position and you don't want to be in a Melvin Ingram the third situation where the guy's competing and he's looking at some other things so this lets him look at the entire landscape And say, all right, no, this is the perfect situation for me. But the problem with that is that has a lot of me in it. And I know me's in team, but the problem with that me is the fact that is not what's best for the Steelers or the organization that he signs with. That means that you're going to be dealing with possibility of other stuff. So, you know, good luck out there we're going to form this team the way we need to form this team right now
1: i can i can see both sides of that to be honest with you and i don't want to talk about tyron matthew Really anymore <laughs> I'm kind of saying I was going to say Because I could ask
3: a, I could ask an interesting question sure,
1: about Sure Let's get it all out now Well
3: For uh, for, for people that are comparing You know I, I saw this in the comments At BehindTheSteelCurtain.com Your one sh- stop shop For all things Pittsburgh Steelers I wish I could remember Who said it So I could give them credit But I don't right now So I apologize But they said the notion is You know You got Terrell Edmonds You could maybe Try to sign You got Tyron Matthew You could sign The difference between the two Is Matthew might be on the decline of his career based on his age and everything, while Edmonds could still be on the incline. If you're looking at doing a, you know, a two or three year deal, at what point are they switching places on where you, on, on their production? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's an interesting thought from, for you guys. Are you more of the, Hey, sign the guy that, that that's producing at a high level now, even though he's, you know, further along than what Kevin Colbert said that he, they like to get guys coming out of their rookie contracts are still young, things like that. Or you, um, okay, you know, do you want the the known commodity that you're hoping continues to improve, but isn't an upgrade over what you had last year?
2: Brian, what's your thoughts on that? You know, sometimes I like the mix of both. I uh, mm-hmm. sometimes I want that big splash, but not mm-hmm. all the time. But if you can't get an Edmonds. If you, which I really think they can get Edmonds back at this point, and I love seeing everybody now having Terrell Edmonds as a priority for the Steelers, where they never did before. That guy was the whipping post of Steeler Nation for the longest time, and I, I love. I see it in the live chat: sign Edmonds, and so I love that idea for that. So if you get an opportunity to get that Miles Jack, that younger guy, to bring in that doesn't have. Is it on his sixth contract like Kevin Colbert was talking about? You probably want to do that, but I am never opposed to going out and getting that final piece of the puzzle, like a Von Miller, you know, like the Rams did. And it worked well for them.
1: Well, let me ask you all this question. This kind of is a good segue into our topic. Do you think that it's still possible? And I asked this to Michael Beck on my show for Friday Do you think it's still possible in this current modern NFL era to win consistently with an average quarterback that doesn't kill you the good running game and a stifling defense from top to bottom? Dave, what do you think?
3: Wow. That really is a good and deep question because I would have said three years ago, of course, as much as the game has changed over the last three seasons with these prolific offenses, I can't say for sure, which tells me because it's growing in that way that maybe this year it, it, it won't anymore, or maybe you then get a, a reset where it would. I, I can't say that for sure anymore because of these big prolific offenses. I will say this before they changed the recent overtime rule, you had an advantage of having that stifling defense because even if the other team took the ball, you're still putting a great unit out there. Um, So for those kind of things, I thought that was that having that great defense is is nice. But I just, in this day and age of, wow, even 13 seconds, you're not safe from giving up a field goal. I don't know that that the stifling defense can get it done. You could shut a team down for 59 minutes, and all it takes is a couple plays, and they're right back in it.
1: Brian, what do you think? Is it possible in today's modern NFL? It is still possible. Possible, But it's not as likely,
2: but I I'm taking this from Suave Al in the live chat and I'm going to agree with him. Tennessee did it with a number 22 from Alabama, like the Steelers have. They did it with a guy that underwhelmed elsewhere in Ryan Tannehill. And I know you're probably tired of me saying Ryan Tannehill, but that's why I still think the Steelers are in very good shape because of the fact that they have a game manager and probably one of the best backs in the game with a revamped line i uh, so i think it's possible to have that strong running game and that strong defense and still be a
1: competitor can i
3: ask i want to ask jeff about the question itself i'm trying to remember did you say be competitive or win the super bowl
1: I said to win consistently because okay, I, I, consistently. I had said, and I said this, yeah, on, yeah, you
3: can win consistently. I said it's really on, hard to get all the way there. Though. Right.
1: I said this on the, the podcast with Michael. I said, you can win games that way. I just don't know if you can win it all that way. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't think I agree with that. I don't think the, the Trent Dilfer Baltimore Ravens is a, is a thing that, that you could do anymore in today's national football league. Go ahead, Brian. Look, Let- ask you this let's go back two years to the tampa bay buccaneers
2: and i know he had a good season there but tom brady isn't the superstar quarterback that he once was my question here is still pretty, still really they kind of did it. <laughs> yeah still really good still really he, he good said, like career marks but, last year well i'm talking about two years ago and okay, I, I guess I'm he sorry, did real well it. then too but all i'm saying is they had a, they had a strong running game yeah with four net there they did or they had a, a very a stifling defense and they didn't have to do it all on off- offense if i'm wrong just just click me off the page and no I'm fine because i might be overstepping and reaching but i'm thinking that i don't know, think you need that absolute superstar anymore but i think if you have if you're good at all three if you're good at quarterback or decent at quarterback and you're great in the running game and you're great on defense then you're fine
3: See I I agree but at the same time look at last year's playoffs and all those close games you know not not the Steelers look at the look at the week after the Steelers and throughout look at all those games and look how they came down to the wire and look how they were all close and and, and of that nature if you look at a team then like the Baltimore Ravens that were like we want to try to play defense they kind of struggled with it last year they want to run the ball run the ball run the ball are they if you're not set up to where where if you can't turn around and score quick, that's really tough in today's NFL, just the way it's based. Unless you are going to never let back and never play prevent defense and put pedal to the metal with 13 seconds left in the game rather than sit back and let someone pick you apart. That's what it would have to take. You would have to have a completely different philosophy, but we've seen so many times that what happens when you're that running team and good defense when you get down two scores, you're in trouble. You're completely out of your game. So I could, that's just the, the flip side of the, of the question that you can get it done, but then when the, it's the opposite of if you, if you have it the other way, where you have this big. A prolific passing offense at your idea is score, score, score. You can come back in any kind of situation. If you're just play defense, run the ball, the game has to play out your way the entire time.
1: And on top of that, it puts an immense amount of pressure on your offense in specific situations, mainly third down. Not first um, drive of the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Red, the, the red zone, because you don't understand how, you know, this isn't, If you're, like you said, if you're a team that can move the ball up and down the field, you're going to get plenty of opportunities to score points. Points might be at a premium if that's the other way around. And so let's get to, and this is all leading up to the question of today's show, which is the Steelers are going to want to run the football and they're going to do it in a multitude of ways. Trubisky is going to run the football. They're going to have the jet sweeps, but Najee Jerome Harris, as we call him (laughs) on this podcast, He's going to be the workhorse again, whether they get another uh, running back or not. I'd love for them to get a guy like Marlon Mack or someone like that that could potentially be on the cheap. That could be a good uh, RB2 for him. But still, the question is, have the Steelers done enough so far to really help Najee Harris? Last season, he was, it seemed like, I, I feel like the word engulfed was a really good way to describe what he faced whenever he touched the ball, especially early on in the season. I mean, he was having to dodge two to three defenders just to get back to the line of scrimmage. And everyone that has two eyes and a brain knows that they needed to make some changes. So let's talk about everything from the coaching staff to the roster and free agency. Have the Steelers, in your opinion, done enough? Let's talk about players acquired first. Okay, so we're talking about Mason Cole, re-signing Cora for, Dan Moore going into year two, Kevin Dotson into year three, bringing in James Daniels, Dave, I'll start with you. In terms of players acquired, have they done enough?
3: I think they've done enough through free agency.
1: Okay, that's a good answer. Well,
3: well, enough. I'm not not even going to say they've done more than enough. They've done adequately, assuming everything works out the way you hope it does and that all the players that they've acquired on offense live up to what we expect going in, which we know very well could not happen. But the reason I say so far through free agency is I don't think they should be done. They should also be reloading with some young players through the draft as well. So if they leave it just as free agency, and let's say they don't even draft another offensive lineman, I think that's a mistake. You need to start also getting, you know, even, I'm not even saying you have to go first pick. I'm just saying you, you also need to have some other people to then cycle in through there and continue to build, not just for 2022, but even for 2023 and 24.
1: Okay. So you think they've done enough, Brian? Do you agree or disagree?
3: Phase one
2: is free agency, <laughs> and phase two is the draft. And I think that they are following the script that they intended to follow. So I think for what they've done so far, yes, I I do. And Dave just, what Dave just said, I really, I really subscribe to. Now, the signings that they made, if they go well, and you sign these guys because you expect them to go well. They're They're the pieces that you have identified. And if you identify right, then you expect them to work. So right now, what have they done? They, their biggest problem was there's no holes for Najee Harris. You know that Najee Harris is something that they are definitely looking at as a superstar on that team that could carry this team like a Derrick Henry because he was getting cracked behind the line of scrimmage and taking a 3-4 yard loss and making it a 1-2 yard gain. So now they went out to get those guys to help give him holes. And when they get protection as well, when they fix that offensive line, you bring in the quarterback that is enable this team to rely on a running back that is going to carry the ball 25 to 30 yards a game, and that's what they're intending to do. That's what they seem to want to be doing. So with that, you have the right quarterback for right now and you have the right offensive line for right now you're going to finish that up in phase two that's kind of what you expect to do the if we if it was all done right now if acquiring players was done right now i would say no because you still need to do that they might be looking at another running back in the fourth or fifth round or you mentioned bringing in a marlon Mack. I'd bring in a guy, I would like to bring in a guy like Tariq Cohen, you know, a guy like that, you know, where you can get Uh on the cheap. You need to address the wide receiver position. And definitely I'm going to give a plug to uh, tomorrow's Here We Go, the Steeler Show, where Kevin Smith talks about position by position and Kevin Colbert's comments and how close they are to complete. And he believes that they're going to be doing a lot in the draft to bring in wide receivers, you're going to see a wide receiver coming in high. So you need some help, but in the tight end position, you have plenty of help for Najee Harris in the tight end position because you have Pat Fryermuth and you have Zach Gentry who they expect to be to using a lot as far those two tight end sets. And they expect an even bigger jump from Zach Gentry, a guy that can block that helps Najee
1: Harris. So they're on their way. They're not there yet, but phase two is not here. Well, we're just looking at phase one because that's the only part of this offseason. Mm-hmm. I, I think they've done a tremendous job, to be honest with you. I mean, I, James Daniel Daniels, my apologies, um, great, great addition, can play both sides. The versatility that they've built in, in the interior is what I like the most. And I'm going to throw Kendra Green into that as well because – Kendrick Green and Mike Tomlin said this down in Florida for the league meetings last week. It was essentially that they're going to use him as interior offensive line dev, not just a center. He's going to have an opportunity to compete there, but they've brought in good competition. They have brought in some uh, experienced players, both Cole and Daniels. I like what they've done and they've, they haven't gotten ridiculously older. Like with Trey Turner, that's a good thing to keep in mind. Let's Let's also look at the coaching staff though. New offensive line coach to help with those offensive line men, Pat Meyer, the assistant. I don't even know, <laughs> not even <laughs> sure what his name is, but Pat Meyer is the new offensive line coach. Um, still Matt Canada, offensive coordinator. You hope that the offense is going to look different. Dave, what do you think about that That aspect of the Najee Harris spectrum?
3: Well, yeah, that's, to me, it's kind of more of the, of the, wild card, you know, how are things going to look with Pat Meyer? How are things going to look with Isaac Williams? There you go. Yeah. Um with with the offensive line, you've it really is one of these situations where does it work? You could have It could work great, and those of us optimistic Steelers fans are looking at James Daniels coming in and being a great addition. People are looking at at Mason Cole being a great addition. Oh, the the offensive line coach, even though it wasn't a name that people knew, oh, it's going to fit Matt Canada's system. You could say that, and everything can be sunshine and rainbows, but it's got to actually – translate to on the field. And I think that's the biggest wild card of you need to have a good room between the players and the coaches. And we're not going to know if they have a good room or not. We don't know if they had a good room last year. We, we really don't. We don't know how much other than seeing coach Clem getting dunked on by Ben Roethlisberger. You know, we, we don't see much of anything with the room. Yeah. So it's one of those cautiously optimistic moving forward. And I will say once again, about Mason Cole, the best scenario for the Steelers is that he doesn't get a starting job. Not because he's not good enough, just because other players are playing better.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Brian, what do you think about the coaching staff and some of those uh, tangible things that are not player-related? You know,
2: I think that they were very well-thought-of
1: decisions
2: that, you know, like I said, we don't know. We don't have the scouting department. How many besides like Dante Skarnickia and uh, how many names do you really know of linemen, line coaches? I know, you know, Munchak, you know, but Mm -hmm. you don't know a lot of these names and you don't really know. Some people look at, you know, they know Andrew Wilbar knows the 75th rank offensive lineman and you know he knows who that is and he genuinely (laughs) probably knows
3: a 75th ranked punter
2: (laughs) yeah i mean yeah he really does but but no nobody's scouting you know available offensive line coaches out there we we know the big name and we're like oh we need the big name so anytime you bring an offensive line coach that isn't like a uh, former superstar or former coach somebody that you know. If, if you're not bringing in Joe Bugle or Mike Munchak, then you are you don't know who these guys are, and you've got to hope that they did their homework, and you expect this team to do their homework. Dave said something, Jeff said something, that this was built around Matt Canada and built around the system. So if you're going to get Matt Canada's system to work, you've got to give it the right parts. You've got to go ahead. I mean, look, if you buy the Ferrari, one, you got to make sure that you could put the gas in it, and you've got to make sure you've got the owner's manual and know all the accessories and all the parts that you need. You don't want the aftermarket parts; you want the right parts. You might have to get factory parts, but you might have to get that part you've never heard of before. Oh, I didn't know a splinter valve. I mean, that's not that's not anything, but <laughs> I didn't know if a splinter valve existed. But you, they know that's the left you know oh, Sorry. It's our job. To,
3: yeah, what was that? Said the left phalange. The left
2: phalange. The left phalange is not working. Sorry. Oh no! Get off the plane. But see, all I'm saying is, we're not. We need to be sheep. When it comes to the offensive line coach, we need to believe in the receiver coach. I mean, like everybody knew who Ike Hilliard was. But when Ike Hilliard's gone, they think, oh, Ike Hilliard's probably going to do a good job because he's a name. But the thing is, they know the non-names. And how many guys as coaches have been non-names that became names that you can't live without after you get to know them? And so that's what I think the Steelers have done well with. I trust that they're doing due diligence. And it seems like they do really well. Now, they got a name. They definitely got a huge name in Brian Flores. And that's a huge name, but that kind of works. It worked, and if it didn't, wasn't going to work for what they're going to do, they're not going to do it. So I'm really, I'm just as excited about the coaching moves that this team made than I am some of the players, and I'm excited about the players.
1: Dave, you say something? I was
3: just going to say, remember, were we really all that excited about new tight ends coach Alfredo Roberts last year? But then look what happened. Everyone was very happy with rookie Pat Freremuth. And everyone really talked about, uh, they were really surprised about, well, not everyone, but most people uh, looked at how, uh, how surprised they were with Zach Gentry and the, the steps that he came along in order to help the Steelers last year. You know, you've, you've got to also realize that was with a new tight end coach that people didn't really know much about and thought he was maybe just a cast off.
1: Good point. And so let's go to the next phase. Brian kind of already went after this a little bit. So I'm going to go to Dave first. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Where do they still need to add help? We know the draft's the next phase and there's still going to be free agent additions both before and after the draft leading up to mini camp and all the way into training camp. But still looking at the draft, what are some positions you think will really help Najee Harris? Cause that's the title of this podcast, Dave.
3: A wide receiver.
1: Believe it or not,
3: you know, because if, if you don't have the threat in the passing game, that's been the problem with the Steelers the last couple years is the only thing that they had was a short passing game where if you're trying to sit on that, you're also sitting on the run. And you talked about the Steelers haven't been able to run the ball. Well, teams have been stacking up to not let them run the ball. So if you have more of an attack in the passing game. They already they already have a nice tight end. They Najee can do well out of there. Now now you've got multiple quarterbacks fighting for the job who hopefully can get the job done. But you're you're a little bit lacking now on in the receiver department. So getting a, a good quality day one or day two receiver in the draft is what I'm looking for more than anything um that could really help him out.
1: Brian and you kind of talked about this earlier, but I'll give it back to you to l- l- give you a chance to answer it. Helping
2: Najee Harris is not just on the offensive side of the ball. So when they brought in Miles Jack and they brought in Levi Wallace, that helps Najee Harris because the defense is going to uh, give them more opportunities to uh, not have for your team not to have to. Just be scoring on every single drive as well. So that's a very important thing. Dave also touched on something earlier that, you know, they're setting themselves up for 2023 and 2024 as well. And these moves that they made help them do that. And that helps Najee Harris in the future. Wide receiver is paramount. It definitely is. I can see in my little black and gold brain, I'm thinking that we're going to party like it's 2010. And you're going to see a second or a third round pick where they went in the third round, Emmanuel Sanders. And in the sixth round, they went with Antonio Brown. Now, granted, they had 10 or 11 picks back then. They had a lot of picks. But I could see them doubling up on wide receiver in the draft. I could see them bringing somebody else in. But phase two doesn't mean that phase two is just the draft either. You know, they might be playing a honey badger and waiting to see after the draft who they need to bring in then too. So, and that is, you're going to see another wide receiver and everybody is talking about, Oh, you only have two receivers, but don't forget Anthony Miller and what he has done in his career with Mitch Trubisky. And he is going to be one that's going to get a, he's going to get a huge look in training camp as well. So that's a guy to really consider. So, What they need to do is they basically need to fill two spots. You're going to see a lot of two tight end sets, like I said before. Zach Gentry is going to have more balls than he's ever seen. And Pat Frymer is going to have a lot of balls. And you're going to see a lot of balls coming out of the backfield, going to not only (laughs) Najee Harris, but to a guy like a... uh, a third down running back or a guy like a Tariq Cohen or a Marlon Mack or someone else that could, you could bring in, which remember how valuable Veron Haynes was catching the ball out of the backfield when they needed him on third down too. So there's, there's going to be plenty of balls for wide receivers and, but there's going to be more wide receivers trying to grab onto those balls.
1: people always ask me how i can teach middle school and it's because i have the maturity level of a middle schooler and so when you (laughs) a lot of targets out there we'll put it that way there's a lot of targets out there there. a lot of passes thrown jeff i do that for you too this is why i do that because i am a
2: am the equivalent to a middle schooler and so if you can get through that conversation with me then i know that i'm helping you in your career
1: you learn really early <laughs> in your career that you can't stand up in front of middle school and say, "Okay, everyone, go grab your balls and let's play." <laughs> not, it doesn't pan out. Here's a question: A dollar, <laughs> <laughs> a lifelong fan of seven, gives us a dollar ninety nine. Says, "What is the Steelers' most pressing need?" Now, this is not speaking specifically to Najee, Jerome Harris, or the offensive running attack. This is just in general. What would you say is their most pressing need, Dave? As we sit here right now,
3: it's the twenty fifth starter. They need yeah. that strong safety. That's that's obvious. Now, if you take that out of the equation, then I think their biggest need is that they need to, to need to continue to build their, their wide receiver room.
1: Okay. I looked at
3: offensive line before free agency, but then they added two there. I still think they should do something, but I don't oh. think that's as important as those where do
1: you have. put tackle on that list? Though I mean, I, I think they could add a tackle if yeah. You know, I mean, oh yeah,
3: absolutely. Uh, that would probably be my next one. That'd probably be, be, I know some people want to say, you know, uh, a buck linebacker. Uh, I just, I don't know that they, that that's, they're going to be their defensive philosophy moving forward to have that, that type of linebacker. Now, if, if that is what they want to do, then they need that. Right. But that's what, that's what the Steelers are having to decide. And I don't think they're tipping their hands right now.
1: So. Okay. Brian, what about you? The most pressing need. So gentlemen,
2: 2021 was such an important draft for this team and they could not afford to blow that draft and going into 2022 all we heard all we've been hearing is they cannot afford to blow this draft I don't expect them to blow this draft but like I said earlier, and like Dave intimated as well, you know, they do not need to go all in for 2022 in the draft. They can keep it going because the free agency moves that this team has made have put them in the p- position where they are not as desperate as they were three weeks ago. So, with that being said, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in a position right now where they could go for that vaunted. BPA best player Available they need a wide Receiver badly they definitely Need to address that Dave's right They need a safety too so I'm just gonna shut up and I'm gonna just
1: say WHS What he said <laughs> There you go let's uh, get, get this uh, Super chat up here Blake lit- Literal I guess Maybe Gives a literal. Say literal. There you go and he said, who is your dream draft wide receiver, and why is it – is it Olave? Chris. I don't know. I don't know this player. So, Brian or Dave, you know, go for Ohio it. State University. Okay. Correct? I don't know.
3: It's it's so funny. But as much as I say the Steelers are going to need to draft a wide receiver and take them, you know, maybe like a day two pick, I don't know any of them. I don't know any of them right now. Do you want to know why I don't know any of them? Because the Steelers always draft wide receivers that I don't know. So I don't even bother. I just let them do what they do, because if I start to think that I'm going to know better than what they're going to do with drafting wide receivers, then I'll end up in trouble.
1: Well, not only that, you look at the Steelers free agent frenzy of activity. We've all been digesting those new players. And I think that's at least for me, that's deterred me from really looking at a lot of these prospects that are out mm-hmm. there now, and I haven't even looked at the wide receivers yet. But Brian, what do you think about that player? Since you seem to know what he's about, Chris Chris Olave's great, or
2: Olive? I'm not sure how exactly to pronounce it. Brad Jewett is guess, saying Olave, um, Olava,
1: Olave, Olave, Olave,
2: Olave.
1: O-la-ve. O-la-ve. Um, uh, you know, I, I will love really... this name if they draft this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: Olave. He's, he's going to see Olavey. And, you know, that Gunnar Ushaluski and Olevy, man, lots of O's down here at Heinz Field and that. Uh, you know, I love, and Doc Holiday put it down there, I love. I've got, this guy's my Anthony Schwartz of last year. Christian Watson, I love this guy. I, I really think, I mean, he's big, he's fast, he goes over the middle. He's a guy you probably get in the second round maybe in the third, but I doubt it because I think his draft stock is really rising. He's not a first-rounder. I expect the Steelers to be the Steelers and go with a number two pick at wide receiver. I I really, because they can, one, they can afford to do that. They know how to cultivate wide receivers, so they don't have to go first day. I think they can go second day. There's a guy, though, that, and it's not Oleve, it is a guy that I've got a little bit of a crush on.
3: It's The He's... Limit, right? What's that? What's that? Is it The Limit? The sky. Limit? Sky, the sky is the, the limit. sky is the Limit?
2: Sky. Oh, I love Sky Moore too. <laughs> too. That's good name You know. <laughs> here's a guy that, that... It's Jameson Williams from Alabama. Oh. Okay, yeah. He hurt his Achilles. They're expecting mm-hmm. a full recovery of this from this guy. But if this guy falls to number 20, you just put them together and say... All right, hope he's healed, and you pull the trigger. I—he's a potential superstar from Alabama. We see what Alabama wide receivers can do, and I expect him to be fully healed, and I expect him to be fully healed for the the start of the season. So, yeah, I would go ahead and take a flyer at number twenty on a guy
1: that is a little banged up, but we're not talking a knee here. Is it Achilles? It's not a—it's not an ACL. It's an Achilles. Am I correct, Dave? I don't don't know. know.
3: That's college football. I'm I'm pretty pretty sure it's an Achilles. (laughs) I'm sure someone in the live
1: chat will let us know. But hey, was the the draft that you mentioned with the Young Money crew, was that the last time the Steelers drafted two receivers in the same draft? Not kind of undrafted rookies?
2: No, because they took Justin Brown in 2013 former Penn state guy out of Oklahoma. And I think they took it. Did they take another one that year? Uh, maybe not. Uh,
3: I, I literally know. just did that article for today and I do not remember. <laughs> I have the all time draft here.
2: Of the 2013 draft.
1: What year, Brian? 2013. So 2013, I, I think I'm wrong. Took Marcus Wheaton in the third. Oh, and, and they took and Justin Brown Justin in the Brown. sixth. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I thought I remember two wide receivers. I just couldn't remember. Wow, they the did it in
1: 2014 as well. Martavis Bryant and Dre Archer was listed as a wide receiver. No, that's not. That's a. That's you hey, that that know who that reference. Count. That's yeah, uh, no, that uh, not count.
2: And you know who they really? <laughs> they had Jalen Samuels as a tight end.
1: <laughs> well, he kind
2: of was. You know who they really wanted, and they missed out by one or two picks in 2013 in the third round. They their consolation prize was Marcus Wheaton, but they were this close to Keenan Allen. And they were gonna take them. They uh, they were high
1: on Keenan Allen. Marcus Wheaton never panned out. What a, yeah, That's pretty much as a bust. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. And we're back.
1: And we're back. So, um, <laughs> and yes, Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, they were in the same draft class. That so was 2010. Um. Do we have anything else we want to talk about before we get to trivia up? Oh, here we go. Tate boys gives us four ninety nine. Hey,
3: Tate boys.
1: He's check him he, out he, on
3: Sundays. Good yes, stuff.
1: He, he, I like, Oleve from Ohio state. For sure. Four, four speed. Last time we drafted an Ohio state wide receiver in the first round. It went well. That was San Antonio Holmes. It went well because he caught a touchdown, but at the same time, he also didn't last in Pittsburgh either. So that's, that's a catch twenty-two, in my opinion, but still. Uh,
3: remember, but they traded him.
1: Yeah,
3: they sent and they got a fifth round pick from the uh, Jets. This is
1: this is Dave yep. finding and then the. They,
3: then they took that fifth round pick and traded back. They traded to the Cardinals, got Brian McFadden back. The Cardinals picked John Skelton, and the pick that the Steelers got in return in the sixth round from the Cardinals was Antonio Brown. So Santonio Holmes led to antonio brown
2: i love that crazy. story I, <laughs> I, I just asked dave about that story the other day yeah here's my only thing the steelers cannot pick Olave because jeff will just call him jerome because he's like i'm not i'm
1: not trying to provoke that <laughs> that's not true <laughs> who is who is the last player drafted from ohio state by the pittsburgh steelers oh my gosh there's been so many
2: uh It wasn't Hayward, but they've had so many. Cam Hayward was a long long time. uh, Ryan Shazier.
3: Was was there someone since Shazier? There was one.
2: Uh, Mike Adams was in 12. Ryan Shazier was in 14. The year after that. I'll give
1: you a hint. Uh, Duran Grant. That was the last player in 2015. 2015. They haven't drafted a Buckeye since 2015. Jeff,
3: you need this is segue
1: into trivia right now. Let's do it. Okay. Well then let's go. That was my trivia. I went, okay.
3: Well, no, this is segue <laughs> into my trivia. Cause we're going to talk, about, you're winner, talk about Steelers and we're going to talk about colleges, but not necessarily drafted. Good,
1: this is the, the question.
3: <laughs> I'm going to give you the name of a college and you're going to tell me which member currently on the Steelers roster played at that college. Okay. All yeah. right. I'll give you an easy one to start, and we'll ju- just you know, and, and we're. I have ten of them actually. Okay, an easy one to start is is uh, who's the player on the Steelers roster who played for Rice?
1: That's uh, Chris Boswell. Correct. That's Chris Boswell. That was the easy one, Christopher Got, Lynn.
3: Yeah, Christopher Lynn Boswell.
1: See Got another
3: me. easy one. You ready?
1: Mm-hmm. Hawaii. <laughs> That's an easy. One. That's an easy one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> He's very suave. Rico Bussey. That's Rico <laughs> Bussey! <laughs> I forgot about old Rico. From <laughs> Hawaii.
3: Okay. Um, Akron. Uh, Akron? Yeah.
1: Ulysses, go with the third.
3: I will go say Shannon would love this one. It is UG3. Okay. Tulane.
1: Tulane.
2: Wow, I thought I was going to be great at this. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, bring it on. Uh, what are line? is it a lineman? It is. Offensive lineman. And it is John LeGlue?
3: It would be John
2: LeGlue.
1: J.P. Lossman. J.P. Lossman, okay.
3: <laughs> <P>. Lossman, okay. <laughs> there you go. Um, some of these aren't so bad. This one should be all right. Youngstown State.
1: Something Ed O'Neill. All these max schools. Um, Ed
2: O'Neill went to Youngstown State,
3: and I'm and I'm doing all these of players you guys would know. I'm not asking the guy that was signed to a futures contract that wasn't even on yes, the practice. please. I'm not, I'm not. doing those. Okay, Youngstown State. I,
2: I know. I know that. Uh, no, it's not Spillane. Uh Spillane went to one of the Michigans,
1: mm-hmm. even like uh, Western Michigan, I think. Along with <laughs> Jukes of <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Offense.
2: Are we talking another lineman here?
3: Nope. Spent time on, a, on a, our practice squad to main roster. Back and forth, settled in and more on the main roster at the end of last season. This is an offensive player. That would so. be uh, Cody White. That would be tight end Kevin Raider.
2: Ah, oh, okay. Never Next would Downstate. have gotten that. Okay? Never would have gotten that. No.
1: Here
3: you go. Duquesne.
1: So there's a Duquesne player?
3: There is a Duquesne player. Hmm. Man,
1: I really
2: thought I was good at this. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: I feel like is... Jeff every other week.
3: And for those of you that said Cody White, if you're curious, he, he was Michigan State, so he was a big... Really?
1: Yeah. Did not know that. And it's every week, Brian, not every other week. And <laughs> I'm
3: I telling you guys, a lot of these players, <laughs> if you guess someone that's wrong, I might not tell you where they went to school because they might be an answer to another one. So, okay. Duquesne,
1: I'll give you a hint.
3: Was a linebacker? Not anymore.
1: Oh, that's uh, the long snapper. Um, Christian Kins. That's Christian Koontz. There you go. Okay. Here, here we'll go a little bit bigger
3: school. This is one that Brian would like, but there's only one of them on the Steelers. Used to be a lot of them. Colorado. Oh, you know I like Colorado. Um, yep.
2: Cordell. <laughs> Joel Steed.
3: <laughs> oh, it's
2: it's a defensive back. Uh It is. Oh, no, no. <laughs> um, I didn't say that. It's a defensive back.
1: It's <laughs> not
3: Witherspoon? It's Witherspoon. It's a killer witherspoon. He's a, he is a defensive Keller. back. He said yes.
1: No, All you said, said it is. No. Like it's said wrong. It is.
3: No, I, I was agreeing with you. Oh, I thought no, you were. You're you like,
1: totally hey, agree hey, with you, Brian. Three, I thought he was doubles, saying it. Ready?
3: Now. Florida Atlantic. You should know this one. This one's easy.
2: I do know this one, and I I, I can't tell you. Um,
3: he was a darling, but not anymore. Mainly because oh. of the player we just talked about, it's James Pierre. James Pierre, that is correct for nice. Atlantic. Here we go. I love this one. This is the reason I did it. I'm hoping Jeff knows this one if he if he reads his own articles. <laughs> i read my own articles bemidji state
2: bemidji
1: state bemidji state if i read my own articles, i wrote this article and i don't even know it yep i don't know you only wrote
3: part of the article your name's just
1: on it you wrote the (laughs) other
3: bemidji state this is the whole reason i started this whole thing this is the next to last one just so you know
2: yeah my son timmy he's uh he's going to bemidji state in that bemidji state
3: yeah Bemidji. The fighting... Bemidji, Minnesota. The fighting,
1: fighting midgets of is Bemidji Minnesota State? is yeah. Bemidji State in Minnesota, yeah. Well, Bemidji's in Minnesota. I assume Bemidji right. State's in Minnesota. I've never heard of Bemidji.
3: Uh, you didn't... that's where yeah. Robin Tchaboski pretended to be from when she went to the Vikings bar, <laughs> she was from Bemidji.
1: So, big shiner, shiner.
3: Mm-hmm. nope. Actually, oh, I have two more. I, I've had oh, one, I missed it. Ready, ready, it's, oh, ready? it's Gunner. Uh, oh gunner O a... gunner O, oh, oh, yeah so so here's here's another one um because i i had this written down and then i moved stuff around and i missed it you're ready this this is a good one where'd it go southern utah state
2: <laughs> gravy southern utah state Najee harris
1: No clue. Buzz Nutter. Okay.
3: That would be Miles Killabrew. And last but not least, there's two players from this school. Oh, my gosh. I want you to see if you can name both of them. Both of them um, played for the Steelers last year, significant snaps from North Dakota State. Tushka. Tushka.
2: North Dakota
3: wasn't talking. Nope. Played good. so much it cost the Steelers another comp pick.
1: It was uh Joe Hague. Attack. Yeah, Joe yeah. Hague. Joe he Hague. Hague. He went, I didn't know he went to North he Dakota was North State. Dakota State.
3: So um that was just a little bit of fun. The other thing I was gonna ask you guys, there there's three schools that are tied that has the most players from them on the Steelers with four. Do you know what the what what those three schools are and who the players are? Four players. I'm gonna say
2: Alabama right away.
3: Alabama, that's one that has an asterisk next to it for me because, because J.C. there's Hasenauer. because of J C Hassanauer, which is funny because even on the Steelers' site they have him listed as a as a exclusive rights free agent, but not actually on the roster, which to me tells me they they exercised it. He just hasn't signed it. So it's yeah, it's hour Who are the other three? Najee.
1: Levi Wallace, Levi Wallace, and, and, Minka.
3: and Minka. Okay, so that's Alabama. That's one Maryland. No, they only have is it two now because those guys aren't on the roster anymore? That
1: they okay, yeah, because Antoine Brooks isn't on the roster anymore. Yeah. But Michigan State, you were M- almost Michigan, right. Michigan, it's Michigan. Michigan. It's Michigan, Michigan, Zach Gentry Chris, Ford, Wormley, Gentry, Chris Wormley, Chris Wormley, uh, Devin Bush, Devin Bush. Dang it, who am Do I? Anthony
3: missing? Miller? Nope, it would be newly acquired Mason Cole. Oh,
1: oh that's, that yeah. should have that. Yep. Been
3: that. Okay. yep, and then there's one more that has four. Someone in the in the live chat said Wisconsin. No, they only have three. Because Joe schobert has gone. Because schobert has gone, you're right. Penn State. Oh, I don't know how many Penn State has, but it's not. It's, oh, I know it's you have not Marcus not, Allen and Pat I it, and I think, I think it's, it's just Muth and Allen okay. now right now. And Notre Dame has two. Come on. Jeff asked about this. I mean I asked about it. You already asked this one. This one set us up. Oh, what question ask? Ohio, you Ohio state? state? Yeah, it's Ohio State. Oh, I thought,
2: I thought there was no <laughs> Ohio Staters <laughs> since they
3: haven't. Four. Only one of them was drafted by the Steelers. Okay, well, so that's Cam. why I was Cam, Cam Hayward.
2: Cam. Of course, Cam, yeah. Cam,
3: come on. Anthony Miller. No, where did Anthony, somebody tell me where Anthony Miller went <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you just a minute I'll let you know <sighs> okay but you guys really know he went you went to remember?
1: Sheboygan State Brian <laughs> didn't go to Bemidji, you know. uh, didn't go to Bemidji come on Bemidji's a great one come
3: on guys uh Dwayne Haskins
1: oh yeah I forgot Is he's on the, on the, the roster I'd be really surprised
3: if you get Malcolm <laughs> Pridgian. Pridgian,
2: oh Malcolm Pridgen, yeah, and
3: then there's one more who was a practice squad player last year, but was a starter other places before that, and that would be John Simon.
1: You say Uh, that like we're supposed to. Oh, of course, John Simon. Like I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. even know John Simon was on the roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) didn't know he was here. Yeah,
3: um, and, and for the you wanted to know about Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller is one of the several players from Memphis.
1: Ah. Which there's actually from, three
3: for Memphis.
1: Memphis. Yeah, because now the uh the new addition, the new linebacker Avery is, yeah, so uh, it's Anthony Memphis.
3: Miller, Janard Avery, and Arthur Merlet Mallette.
1: And, Maulette,
2: and don't Memphis. forget about former Memphis Steeler, D'Angelo, Shondon Williams. Shondon. <laughs> nice and
1: didn't Tomlin coach at Memphis?
3: Um I know
1: John Cal Perry did. I don't know if yeah,
3: and it was so. Did uh
1: Butler? I think that's I think they had a visit, so did Feetner. Feetner, Feetner yeah, Feetner was, yeah. was there too. Yeah, all right, anyways, that's so, everything. Sorry, that's okay. I
3: told you I had a lot of trivia, that, that was, was a lot. You're, you're the one who set it up with the Ohio State question, so that was
1: good. yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks they had drafted a lot of Ohio State guys, they haven't since 2015. Doran Grant, mm-hmm. all right, let's do final thoughts, Brian. Go ahead. I am not a grumpy old man. A lot of people
2: think I am when it comes to holidays that I consider to be amateur hour. I consider New Year's Eve to be amateur hour because everybody's out partying. The real clubbers, they stay home because they don't want to be in that mess. That's the same way I feel about St. Patrick's Day as well. I also hate Valentine's Day for the fact that a lot of people on Valentine's Day, you know, that's for the amateurs. Me, I'm gonna go out and get somebody, get my wife flowers on August 45th. You know why? Because it doesn't matter the day, I wanna get her flowers. I don't need anybody telling me that, hey, you gotta go get flowers on that day. Tomorrow for me, you look at the calendar It is amateur hour. It offends me as a person that thinks that he's funny. He might not be, but that anybody tries to play jokes on April Fool's Day. So I'm announcing it right here. If I'm going to trust my good friends Dave Schofield and Jeff Hartman to let me know If the Steelers do sign a player tomorrow, because there's going to be plenty of Honey Badger signings tomorrow, the Steelers are going to make a trade of a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo tomorrow, because some idiot is going to go ahead and put it on Twitter because it's April Fool's Day. I'm taking the day off, boys. Wake me up on April 2nd which is one of my Steeler Mentor's birthdays, my late uncle, Anthony, where you get the Anthony from Brian Anthony Davis in there. So wake me up on Uncle Chip's birthday.
3: Very nice. Dave? Thanks for the reminder because, yeah, Very simple. If you see the tweet that sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Just click on where it's from and see how many followers they have. A lot of people set up dummy accounts, make it look like it's Adam Schefter or someone like that. That's a really good point, Brian. Uh, To me, I I was sat here thinking tonight about we don't even have the new players from the draft yet. That is when it really gets exciting even more. But I was thinking tonight, I can't wait until August and the Steelers going to go out to their first preseason game, which quarterback's going to get the first, you know, the, 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 the the first crack at things out on the field. How's it going to all play out? I can't wait to see the, these newly acquired pieces for the Steelers getting some game action to figure out and try to see a little bit more what we can expect for this season. Yes. Yes the Steelers are going through some transition. Yes, you could sit here and you could nitpick this roster to pieces. Yes, you could also look at it as the potential that it could be and say the sky is the limit. Until they get out there on the field, we could see what they can do. I can't wait. Unfortunately, we've got, what, like five months until we get there? Well, now it's four and a half. But uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm just excited for the potential of this team coming up.
1: Let me just say that as the senior editor of behind the steel you will not see any fake, uh, or funny <laughs> articles, uh, tomorrow. And uh, we, we just, I'm not doing that. I never have, no. never will. So, um, there will be websites. that will think it's funny to write an article or to do a podcast about this. That is not our style. That's not what we're going to do. So if you see it from us, we verified it. We have checked into it and it is actual news. So just, A little uh, note there. So, all right, Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. All right, folks, we'll see you next week for another Steelers preview. Take it easy.
3: Step into the world of power, loyalty.